superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing? Good, Dan. How about you? <laughs> no complaints. No complaints. Uh, That's good. We don't want to hear him anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> That'll wrap it up for this show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. That's a fact. <laughs> we don't want to hear the complaints. We don't, we don't want to hear Absolutely it. don't want to hear absolutely complaints. Absolutely not. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Dan Schwartzman. And now, sitting in for Rich. Hit the drop. It's Dan Schwartzman. The autumn wind. The autumn wind. We are waiting for the autumn wind. We are waiting for the autumn wind. Exactly. But that's the whole point. The whole point is, yes, there's things to watch, but there's still that loneliness, that emptiness of sports right now. There's that void to fill without the NFL and without college football. Well, you have the XFL or whatever that is going on right now. Exactly. There's a big void to fill. <laughs> you know, I mean... <laughs> I actually tried to watch it. I have been trying to watch just because why not? I, you know, I want to do my due diligence. I want to see if there's finally going to be a decent alternative to the NFL. It's never going to replace the NFL, but is there going to be something else to watch football wise to kind of make it at least in terms of viewing pleasure, a 365 day type of thing every year? You know, the NFL has its moments with the draft, and then it has the combine, and it has the start of free agency and mini camps and this and that. So they do stretch the season out past the 18 weeks of the regular season and, of course, the postseason. But in terms of game action, you get 18 regular season weeks and then the postseason, and that's it. So will the USFL and these other leagues, this fan-controlled league, whatever the heck it is, is the football good enough to where it's actually actually going to be something that you're going to going to want to watch in the off season. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. Jury's still out. I don't expect it to last because none of these leagues ever last. But maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. But here's the funny thing that's come to my mind when I think about these other leagues. All right, think about this, right? When NFL Europe came around, okay, back in the day, and they had the Barcelona Dragons and Frankfurt this and the London Knights and. Uh, Dusseldorf that, right? Munich, whatever it was. They had all these teams playing out in Europe. I think we kind of laughed at it and we didn't take it seriously. Like we said, ah, these guys just aren't good enough. And some of those guys, by the way, went on to the NFL and, and had tremendous careers. Kurt Warner was a Hall of Famer. But you know what I'm saying, right? We always looked at it and said, eh, I don't know if I'm going to watch this. It's not the NFL. But you think back to the level of competition that NFL Europe gave us compared to the alternative leagues that we have kind of established here in the States, right? USFL, not the original USFL, which was fantastic. 
but the current USFL or the XFL or you know the these other football leagues that have been one and done quick hitters. I think now you look back at the XFL like you do 80s music, right? About 15 years ago, you kind of laugh at 80s music. Ah, anybody listens to 80s music, bunch of losers, right? Now 80s music is really popular again because people understand that a lot of today's music. Not really. Metallica was was in their prime. No, but I don't mean that. Like, I'm not talking the hairband 80s music, right? I'm not talking Metallica. I'm not talking uh, Megadeth. I'm not talking Rat and groups like that. I'm talking more like... Uh, New Order, AHA, things like that. Uh, you know gotcha, what I'm saying? The gotcha. more poppy type of 80s music, right? 15 years ago, if you're like, yeah, I love the 80s, people be like, ha what a loser. Now it's like, oh man, yeah, I love the 80s. It's great music. Same thing, like back then, it's like, man, you know, NFL Europe, what a joke. How do you watch that nonsense? Where are these cities even, right? Frankfurt, Barcelona, what is going on here? Now it's like, man, I wish we had a league comparable in talent to what NFL Europe gave us. Because I don't think these leagues today, unless I'm romanticizing what NFL Europe was, I don't think these leagues today are giving us the level of competition that NFL Europe gave us. Yeah, you're right on. You're right on. Right? So you're kind of looking back saying, man, I miss that. I wish we had that. And I always wish the NFL would get more heavily involved here, right? And I know that The Rock with his league, the was the, the XFL, they're trying to make some sort of a partnership. It's not a It's not a minor league per se. But I wish the NFL, who is very guarded, by the way, of its own league, and rightfully so, it's a $15 billion a year league, and that number continues to grow. But if they kind of got more involved and did have a sort of minor league system and somehow incorporated that into their own league in terms of, okay, like baseball, you have a minor league team, right? You have a bunch of minor league teams. You have a triple-A team. If guys get hurt, you can pull players out of your triple-A team. Wouldn't it be cool if NFL teams had that affiliate with a lesser league, a developmental league, and when injuries undoubtedly hit your roster, you could reach in, and sure, the guys aren't going to be as good, but they probably are going to be serviceable, right? I'm just wondering, would it behoove the NFL to do that? Would you it, Would you start this league in the same time frame as the NFL schedule? Well, that's the problem, right? Because every league doesn't want to play at the same time as the NFL. Why? Because... Well, you're not going to win the ratings war. You want to be an alternative during a time of year when people may be craving football. (sighs) No, you can't, I guess, play, but you can practice, right, during the NFL season. Maybe make the start and end of the league really close to where, you know, the end of the league year for whichever the alternative league is would be right up to September 1st. Guys continue to practice, make it a year, you know, a full year job. Maybe NFL NFL money's kicked in as well. It's not like they're not printing money there in their Park Avenue offices in New York, and have some sort of a farm system. I'm just spitfiring here. I'm just I'm just throwing stuff out there because the fact is, when your team is decimated and you kind of look, and they sometimes do have to kind of reach on that scrap heap and get guys. Maybe you want to have guys that potentially are practicing, playing in real game situations a bit more than the guys they sometimes bring in. And maybe as football fans, the NFL would do us a favor and give us a competitive league that we want to watch, that we do understand is not the NFL, but there's that tie to the NFL where it makes it that much more intriguing. You see, if if that league had a tie to the NFL, I'm a Jet fan, right? I'm a suffering Jet fan. You're a suffering Raiders fan. 
So if you had that minor league team per se, wouldn't you follow that team and that alternative league a bit closer because you think those guys are kind of yours, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Exactly. And I think it would enhance viewership. And somehow the NFL, which seems to be able to monetize whatever it wants to do, could find a way to make some money off of this while, of course, that other league makes money as well. Enough money, at least keep keep the doors open, pay the salaries year after year after year to where they build a legacy. And not just one or two years before they go bankrupt or they decide to, to fold it because they're not making any money, there's no support, the ratings are in the toilet, and no one shows up for the games. I mean, less fans are showing up for these games than Friday nights in places like Ohio or Alabama or Texas or Oklahoma where people care about high school football. That's embarrassing. Like, you'd hate to be a player playing and uh, looking around saying, man, there are more guys at my Friday night high school game than there are here at my quote-unquote professional game. So that's just a thought I have, because right now, there's a lot of sporting events, but you still have that emptiness of it not being football. Big problem. Here's another big problem, okay, Art? I'm not a huge coffee drinker. Not massive, right? I'm not, uh, I need my two cups and uh, it has to be this way. And I have a fancy coffee machine and, you know, I don't have the foo-foo abilities when it comes to coffee. Wow, you roll on natural adrenaline? A lot of times, yeah. Or a lack of sleep. Call it what you want. Or I bang my head against the wall. That kind of does the job sometimes. <laughs> but I'll tell you, Art, you know, my wife buys this instant coffee stuff. Those gra- you know, the granules and you put it in hot water and... I can't get it to taste better than dishwater. I can't. Whatever I do, Art, it does not work. I yeah, don't know what it, to it do. does fall off from the from the percolated one. Yes, yes. I cannot figure it out. I had some this morning, and maybe that's why I'm awake, because I drank dishwater in my mind. Because honestly, if, if I've never drank dishwater. I wasn't one of those kids that, you know, you throw the piece of fruit roll up on the floor in fifth grade, you say, ha, Jimmy's going to eat it. Ha, ha. Oh, five-second rule. You know that nonsense? So, like, I, you know, I, I've never drank dishwater, but I would envision it to taste like my coffee this morning from the granules. And my wife's like, oh, it's so good. Can you buy some more when you're at the store? And I keep thinking to myself, how do I make it good? Like, I, I look at it as a challenge, you know? <laughs> like, my dad's a big coffee guy. He's got this fancy espresso machine at home. He's had it for, like, 50 years, and he meticulously takes care of it. He's even customized it with gauges and stuff on it. And I go there, and the cappuccino tastes amazing, right? Like being in Italy, I guess. But when I'm making this you know, this crud here at home, this dishwater. I don't know. Maybe it's just the uh, competitive nature here of trying to figure out how to make it taste north of dishwater. And I can't figure it out. For the life of me, Art, I can't figure it out. Do I just have to splurge and get like a good coffee maker and actually make real coffee every day rather than Uh, drink dishwater? Yeah, you're going to have to do that. (laughs) But then it's not a challenge, right? When you have the fancy Nespresso or whatever the heck it might be, you put the pot in there, you press the button, put some hot water in there, whatever it is, and voila, you got great coffee, right? What's the challenge there? Nothing. Don't you like a good challenge once in a while? I'm 43 years old. Not in the morning when I'm waking up. Not in the morning when I'm waking up. See, but I'm not like that. You're one of those guys, I take it, Art, that, you know, don't talk to me before my first cup. Right after that first cup, oh, I'm the nicest guy in the world. Hey, what do you want to do? You're oh, yeah. For driving a Mustang, right? You're that kind of guy? Absolutely. See, that's weird. I don't get that. Like grumpy people in the morning, they, they just have that coffee and snap the fingers, boom. They're different people. I don't understand that. How's that possible? Like, really? I, I, why? Is it the caffeine you needed that bad art? You dying uh, for it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
I was never one of those people. I never want to be one of those people. It's like, it's like you're the walking dead for about 25 minutes. You have your coffee and you come back to life. <laughs> the blood starts pumping through your system and you're an actual human being. Or just marry a Russian woman like me. And guess what? You get a lot of The Walking Dead. Ah, I know. That little one-liner right there. All right. We got a lot to get into on the show today. I'll tell you. We, you know, look, the, N- the NBA playoff series continues. It looks like, at least in the Western Conference, we know exactly who's going to be representing the West. It'll be the Golden State Warriors. One game away from a sweep. That will be tonight. They're in Dallas for game four. Luka Doncic can't do it all by himself, obviously. And that's kind of what we're, wa- we're witnessing. Now, in the East, though, a different story. Miami Heat... Boston Celtics, both teams kind of mirroring each other in terms of they play defense, a lot of wing scoring, good players, solid guys. You have superstars, Jason Tatum. You got a superstar in Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler was not right yesterday. You know, coming off that knee injury, he was not right. Six points on three or 14 shooting. He gave it the old college try. It just wasn't working. And you have to wonder, did he hurt his team more than help by trying to play out there? Because he wasn't right. No Tyler Hero, the sixth man of the year in the NBA. He was out as well. Kind of devastating losses for Miami. But as an NBA fan, we have ourselves a series now. I mean, two games apiece. And you wonder, are these teams going to beat themselves up to the point that the Golden State Warriors, probably with a win tonight, are going to be sitting back, practicing, being relaxed, getting themselves healthy, catching a breather, sitting back, watching those Eastern Conference teams knock each other up, and you have to say to yourself, okay, what's going to be left to go face the Warriors? Are the Warriors looking for their fourth championship here in the Steve Kerr era? And are they going to be helped by fatigue because these Eastern Conference teams are just absolutely going toe-to-toe in what should be a seven-game series? Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen, the Rich Eisen Show. Remember, the guy's up for the Sports Emmy tonight here in New York. But Callaway didn't just create their longest irons ever with their new Rogue ST. They made their longest irons ever perform at the highest level for every player. Rogue ST irons come in four different offerings, each model using artificial intelligence on high-strength 450 steel, the only irons ever to do so. Their most popular iron of the bunch is Rogue ST Max. It's designed for the widest range of players because of its refined game improvement, shaping, and incredible combination of speed, forgiveness, and all-around performance. But for you low-to-mid single-digit handicappers, Rogue ST Pro will give you that hollow body construction in a sleek, compact player shape. Callaway's best game improvement model is Max OS, which gives mid to high handicappers total forgiveness with high launch, wide soles, and enhanced offset. There's also Max OS Lite, their most forgiving high launch iron. It comes with wider soles and increased lofts in a lightweight package for players with slower swing speeds. No other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. There you go. I need that. I'm a high a handicap guy because I am absolutely awful. Let's get into the NBA. What's going to be left after this Eastern Conference Finals does wrap up most likely a seven-game series. Will there be anything left for the Warriors to play? Our buddy Brian Mahoney, he covers the NBA for the Associated Press. He's going to tell us his thoughts next. It is a Tuesday. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back on the Rich Eisen Show, Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Tuesday. If you have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can always do so at 844-204-RICH. That's 844-204-7424. Or hit us up on Twitter at Rich Eisen Show. NBA postseason rolling right along. Eastern Conference Finals tied at two games apiece. The West, it's 3-0 in favor of the Golden State Warriors. They look to sweep out the Dallas Mavericks tonight. A lot to get into with the NBA. We bring on our buddy, Brian Mahoney, covers the league for the Associated Press. And, uh, Brian, I have to start by telling you, I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan. The guy plays the game right, plays defense, tremendous offensively, a respected guy. But obviously, he was not healthy yesterday. I mean, he's coming off that knee injury. Would they have been better off with him not playing yesterday? I mean, 3 of 14 for 6 points? I mean, when you look at it now, you wonder, yeah, what was the point of it? He couldn't do very much, and then they were never in the game. Uh, you know, I guess the good thing is they got him out pretty quickly. I mean, he only played uh, less than 30 minutes, so yeah. hopefully uh, they couldn't make it any worse. But, but, yeah, obviously, he was nowhere near the player we've seen most of this postseason, that's for sure. You know, Brian, in baseball, you always have that guy who refuses to tell you how severe his injury is. The next thing you know, he goes 0 for 5 with four strikeouts or the pitcher with the sore arm, and he's given up seven runs in two innings. Jimmy Butler's a gamer. I mean, you'd have to amputate a leg to keep him off the court, as we know. He's not going to be honest, right? Guys aren't going to tell you truthfully most of the time how injured they are, how banged up they are because they want to play. You wonder who it was left up to decision-wise for him to play yesterday. Do we know that answer? Well, you know, it's, it always comes down to, you know, the, the trainer, I think, has to sort of make the call because the player, you're right, is, you know, very rarely going to sort of save himself. He's going to say, I, you know, I can definitely, I'm better than what our alternative is. Uh, but the trainer says, no, he can't do very much for us. And, you know, I guess they thought Jimmy could at least contribute something. And, you know, it's just a matter of, the, I think the part, more problem is that it's not just him. They have a bunch of guys yeah. who were hurt, and together they just couldn't do anything. And speaking of that, what's this, what's the latest on Tyler Hero? Uh, is he going to be expected back in Game Five? They, they think uh, he'll he'll give it a shot in Game Five. You know, again, let's hope for the Heat's sake he's better off than what Jimmy Butler was. And you know, Lowry. I mean, they all look like they needed a night off. And unfortunately, this time of the year, it's hard to do that. 
<laughs> no, absolutely. They definitely they definitely did look like they needed a night off. But we got to give a lot of credit to the Boston Celtics, right? Every time you think they're down, they're coming off a poor performance like they did in Game 3. They come out with this incredible performance. I mean, you look at this team, and I look at Miami, and they're so similar, right? Wing scorers, and of course, they both play great defense. But in terms of coaching, Spolstra is Spolstra, and, and sometimes I don't think he gets the credit for how great of a coach he is and what he's capable of doing. But Udoka on the other side with Boston, you know, the job he has done, right, in, in kind of nursing egos, a lot of talent on that team, but getting the most out of guys, is he getting enough credit? You know, I think they do get a lot of respect, uh, the, the work he's done. Certainly the turnaround Boston had, you know, they got off to a terrible start this year, and, you know, and he was hard on his players, uh, publicly and privately, uh, calling them out for things that weren't getting done. And I think now, uh, over the course of the second half of the year, how well they've played, and the fact that they, as you say, they, they find a way to bounce back. They don't lose two in a row. So a, a lot of that goes to the adjustments he makes. Uh, he sees things and corrects them. So I do think people realize what a good coach they have now. Chat with our buddy Brian Mahoney covers the NBA for the Associated Press uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Brian, you know, the Golden State Warriors are going to sit back. They may sweep this series tonight in Dallas. They're going to have some time to get healthy, to kind of, you know, get themselves up for this finals that's going to be coming up soon. What's going to be left to face them as Boston and Miami continue to beat each other up in what potentially is going to go seven games? Well, it's a great point, Dan. And, you know, it's it, one of the biggest cliches, obviously, in the playoffs. It comes down to whoever's healthier, you know, at, at the right time. And Golden State sort of had all their injuries during the season. And they have all their guys back, and they're mostly healthy. You know, a couple guys nicked up here and there. But for the most part, the guys they need out there are out there. And Boston and Miami, you know, from game to game, aren't quite sure. So, uh, you know, when, when we look at this right now, it's going to be hard not to say Golden State is the favorite based on, the fact that their guys that can win a title are all going to be on the floor. All right, let's look at this Western Conference. Again, tonight it's going to be Game 4, Golden State Warriors at Dallas. Luka Doncic is obviously a top-five player, a superstar in this league. Can they build something? You know, Jason Kidd's talked about the fact that he needs help. It can't just be Luka. We've seen that Jalen Brunson has kind of emerged this year. Will he be back? Uh, injuries have kind of robbed this team a little bit here and there. I look at a roster like that and I say to myself, are they stuck between a rock and a hard place? What I mean by that is, obviously, they're not going to be bad enough to get a high draft pick, but is Luka a guy that they're going to want? You know, Are people going to want to get in there and play with Luka? He's a ball-dominant type of guy, as we know. There's a lot of egos in the NBA when it comes to superstars. Can they improve this team to get them over the hump? I think they can. And, you know, it's a good question because it's taken a long time. They didn't really do it for the last few years. They were stuck in that place you're kind of talking about where they were maybe barely a playoff team out in the first round or not making the playoffs at all but not getting far enough down to get a draft pick. Uh, you know, you got to get one before you get two. They have one. Luke is a guy who is a, you know, super, superstar in this league. Uh, you know, I think guys will want to play for Jason Kidd. Uh, you know, players love guys who played this league and were great players in this league, and they see how much better he made Dallas this year. So, uh, you know, I do think it'll be hard to do it, you know, right away uh, to go from conference finals to NBA finals is a big jump. The roster isn't ready to do that now, but maybe in a couple of years, I do think it is possible, yes. Is he a top-five player right now in this league, even with the uh, lack of defense, Luca? I think he probably is. I mean, I voted him... Uh, uh, in top five uh, all you know uh, MVP voting, and I voted on the first team All NBA. So it's hard to you know hard to say he's not a top five player when you look at that criteria. He he does everything. Uh, you know his teams have made the playoffs when he's there. Uh, 
you know, yeah, he doesn't defend, but a lot of guys don't defend. This is a this is a high scoring error in the NBA. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, he's getting the ball. What's impressive to me, Brian, is you know he's getting the ball right. Like everybody understands the offense is going to run through him. And then you look at a box score, and he's got 39 points with five minutes to go in a game with 11 rebounds, six, seven assists. And you say to yourself, "How does he do it?" Right? Everybody understands he's the guy, and yet he's unstoppable. And he's so young, he's so good. You think to yourself, and I, I had this conversation with a friend of mine recently, Brian. I'm not going to look too far ahead because Lucas still has a good, you know, 10, 12, 13 years probably in his career. But are we looking at potentially the greatest European player we've seen? Very, very possible. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, there, there's been some good ones. Obviously, the one who played right for that franchise, yeah. Dirk, could be the guy who like I would pick. But uh, what Luca had done before he came to the NBA, he was already a very good player. Uh, you know, and it was an easy adjustment for him, the NBA for him. He, you know, he didn't need a couple of years to get going like Dirk and like a lot of these other guys do. And, uh, you know, he hit the ground running, and he's, oh, you're right. You would think he's going to get better year after year after year, uh, you know, and the sky's probably the limit for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just blown away by what he does now, and, uh, you know, I have high expectations. It'll keep on going. Chat with Brian Mahoney, covers the NBA for the Associated Press here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Tuesday. You look at the Golden State Warriors, they have not lost a Western Conference Finals game since losing to the Houston Rockets in a series that they won, by the way, in 2018. Steve Kerr's won, what, three rings so far. He's gone to a plethora of championships. This is going to be a the next in line. But when I look at the coaching job he has done with this team, right, you got to find some rest for guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson due to age, of course, and injury as well. Is this the best coaching job he's done? Well, that's a good question, man. It's probably it's got to be up there. Uh, certainly there were a couple of years where they were on cruise control, but they yeah. had Kevin Durant, and, you know, it was a matter of how many games were they going to win. But, yeah, this year they had to, you know, get Clay back in there, then Draymond got hurt, then Steph Curry got hurt. Uh, you know, they had to figure out a, you know, the way they were going to play and knowing sort of, you know, Phoenix got further and further ahead of them. And not only that, but then Memphis passed them. And you had to kind of stay the course knowing, okay, we lost home court now for, you know, possibly two rounds and, you know, still stick with it, get these young guys in, uh, you know, the, the draft picks and everything. So there was a lot he had to manage. And I think, yeah, it's showing now that, you know, did it very well when you see that this is probably the NBA finals favorite right now. All right, there's a question I was going to ask you next. Golden State against Boston, Golden State against Miami. You taking Golden State against either? I, I think I would take them for sure against Miami uh, with the way the Heat are so banged up. Boston, I think it depends on you know how they look health-wise at the end of the series. I think Boston has the defense, has the individual talent. I think it would be a fantastic matchup if it was them against Golden State. You know, But again, how hurt is Marcus Smart? You know, yeah. Can Robert Williams play every game? He's kind of going in and out. You know, if they can't do that, I think Golden State, based on their health and talent, would be the team I would pick. You're right. Both guys, great defensive players. Marcus Smart, the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Robert Williams, a lot of people think he should have won it as well in terms of what he's done inside. Uh, would be a huge loss if those guys are not healthy for the uh, NBA Finals. Last thing, Brian, kind of under the radar yesterday because everybody talks about the uh, the conference finals, is Tim Conley leaving the Denver Nuggets, the director of basketball operations, he goes to Minnesota for a boatload of money, five years, 40-plus million dollars, plus equity equity stake in the club. How big a move is this for Minnesota as they continue to build around Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards? Well, for you know, for, for what they gave him, they better hope it's the right move. Yeah, exactly. It's a very good move, I think. <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, there's never any guarantee to players that are the ones who have to 
ultimately get it done. But, uh, you know, the, the guy who you want to pick the players and develop them and everything, uh, when you give that kind of money, you go to make sure you got the right guy. And, uh, you know, good for him. And I think, I think it's a good choice. Uh, obviously, we've seen what Denver has done growing the last few years. And, and Minnesota probably is a team that has some young talent that thinks they can get there. So uh, I see why they made the move. And hopefully for them, it'll work out the way they want it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Big move for them. Uh, the guy helped uh, build the Denver Nuggets into what they have become. Brian Mahoney covers the NBA for the Associated Press. Brian, always a pleasure, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Dan. Take care of yourself. All right, man. Always great stuff from Brian Mahoney. It's interesting. You know, you look at the Golden State Warriors. I'm not the biggest Steve Nash, uh, Steve Kerr guy, by the way. I'm not. And let me explain why real quick. It's not the politics, although I do think he kind of sways outside the NBA a little too much. I'm not a big fan of the politics getting involved in sports, whichever way you sway politically. I really don't care. I just don't like to hear it in sports. I like to sit on a couch and kind of use sports to block out politics, bills, wives, girlfriends, kids, whatever it might be, right? It's kind of like the escape. The the trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? There is? No, I'm kidding. That I have followed, not because I want to, just like page one everywhere. Because it's just a train wreck. It's the car accident that you slow down to see, right? On the other side of the highway causing a gaper delay. Yeah. On both sides. On both sides. I mean, my goodness. Honestly, like, I feel for her and I feel for him. I know that sounds crazy. And I'm not one that usually does not have an opinion or refuses to take a side. I'm always willing to take a side. This one, I really can't. Like, he he sounds like he's an awful human being. Although some people say he's the greatest. And sometimes she sounds terrible, and some people say she's the greatest. I don't know. To a point, I think they're like actually perfect for each other. But they're not, because they're in court fighting over this. So, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what society's come to, that like Johnny Depp, Amber Heard is the trial of the century. Uh, it's insanity. But, I have been following it, not because I want to, but it's just in your face all the time. But, back to Steve uh, Kerr real quick. So, yeah, I think he gets a little too political too much, and... Turns me off at times. Not the message, the fact that he delves that way. But I do have to give him a ton of credit. And Brian Mahoney brought it up. You know, the three other championships that Steve Kerr has won, he had guys like, you know, he had a young Steph Curry, he had a healthy Clay Thompson, he had a healthy, (laughs) excuse me, and young Draymond Green. Kevin Durant was a part of a couple of those, right? Talking about one of the greatest rosters ever assembled. I don't know how much coaching you have to do except roll a basketball out and say, all right, guys, do what you do. Keep the egos in check. Try to keep everybody happy. Keep it all together as a team. And uh, reap the benefits. It's kind of what he did. This year, it's a little bit different. Clay Thompson's missed pretty much two years. So you couldn't just throw him out there for 40 minutes a game and say, all right, have at it. You couldn't. You had to nurse the health. Steph Curry's not a spring chicken anymore. Steph Curry also, you have to watch the minutes. You got to restrict him here and there. Draymond Green was banged up this year. Had to control his attitude a little bit as well. Look, I mean, the guy is a volatile player. Maybe that's his strength, but he's a volatile player that gets technical fouls and gets in trouble. So before we could sit here and say, well, is Steve Kerr really a good coach? (laughs) Or, excuse me, is he just put in the best situation? And I think you can make the argument that he's always been in a great situation in terms of talent and, again, rolling a basketball out and telling guys to do what they do best. But this year, I don't think you could say that about Steve Kerr. I think this year you have to say, hey, man, he's really coached. He had to earn his money this year. He's earned his money. Exactly, Art. He has absolutely earned his money. No disrespect at all, anyway. 
The guy has showed that it's not just, you know, a guy in a situation. It's a guy that actually knows how to coach. I look at the other Steve, and that's Steve Nash, and I say to myself, the guy doesn't know how to coach. The fact that the Brooklyn Nets haven't fired Steve Nash yet is one of the biggest head scratchers. I could rub my scalp raw the amount of times I've sat there scratching my head saying, how does this guy still have a job? With Steve Kerr, it's completely the opposite. Steve Kerr knows how to massage egos. He knows how to keep guys happy. He knows how to get the most out of his players. And you're seeing that. Because this is a great coaching job by him, and he's one game away from leading his Golden State Warriors to the NBA Finals. It's impressive. And he's four games away past that, winning his fourth ring. And he's probably going to win it. Because again, I don't know what's left after Boston and Miami continuously beat each other up. I don't know how healthy Miami can be, even if they win this series against Boston. Same with Boston. You you lose two of your best defensive players, where every game it's day-to-day. Are they going to play? Can they play back-to-back? Can they play 35 minutes if need be? Can they play fourth-quarter crunch time minutes? Are they at 80%, 90%, whatever? Robert Williams III is one of the best interior defenders, and obviously Marcus Smart's one of the best defenders in the entire league, hence he wins NBA Defensive Player of the Year. So kind of a really tough situation for whoever comes out of the East, and then you have a juggernaut sitting there, a team that's pretty healthy right now, the Golden State Warriors. And it looks like they are on their way to winning yet another championship. I mean, look... Steph Curry's never going to be in that argument for greatest player in history, and he shouldn't be. Okay, He's not Michael Jordan. He's not LeBron James. He's a top 15 type guy. I mean, Steph Curry is a generational talent that has changed the NBA probably for the worst in my mind, but still some may say for the best in terms of the prevalence of three-point shooting to where every young kid now wants to be Steph Curry and they're shooting 25-footers, right? There's no such thing as an inside game anymore. So I'll blame Steph Curry, but on the other hand, it makes him a guy who has revolutionized basketball. Got to give him credit for that. And some of you will disagree with me and say it's the greatest thing to happen to basketball. You love the three-point shot, and you don't miss the uh, David Robinsons, Patrick Ewings, Hakeem Olajuwon's, or a, a Shaq in his prime playing down low, post-up players, muscle their way to the hoop. I like that basketball because I'm 43 years old. I grew up watching that. I kind of like that tempo of the game, not this up and down the court, shoot a three, come back down. The playground style of basketball we're kind of seeing to a point. But whatever, that's just me. I'm the old guy. Get off my lawn. So, I, you know, I look at Steph Curry and I say to myself, he's going to win another ring here most likely. That's what, number four? What does that do for his legacy? If Steph Curry wins his fourth ring here, what does that do? Again, he's not Michael Jordan. He's not LeBron James. He's not Kobe Bryant, but does a fourth ring elevate Steph Curry into a legitimate conversation of being one of the top 10 greatest players in history? Think about that. I, I Yeah, I, I would think so, because he can shoot over everybody. It's incredible what he's done, right? But also the impact he's had on the game. You have to take that into consideration. It's not just the stats. It's not just the the rings, right? He's a three-time champion going for number four. He's won two MVP awards as back-to-back. He's an eight-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA first team. Obviously, he's got the credentials here. He's 34 years old. He's going to play a few more years, no question about it. But he also has the statistics. Averages over 24 points a game in his career. So, again... A fourth ring for Steph Curry, does that elevate him, in your mind, into that top 10? 
Hit us up, 844-204-RICH. Again, 844-204-7424. We'll take some calls. Why not? Hit us up on Twitter, at Rich Eisen Show. Again, at Rich Eisen Show. Kind of an interesting thought. Steph Curry with four rings. The statistics, the awards, the accolades. What does that mean for him career-wise? I'm Dan Schwartzman, in for Rich Eisen on this Tuesday, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed it's that time of year people spring has sprung And that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back on the Rich Eisen Show, Dan Schwartzman in on this Tuesday for Rich. Rich and the boys, of course, up for a sports Emmy tonight in New York at Lincoln Center. All our best as they hopefully will be bringing home the hardware. Steph Curry, another tremendous season for him, no question about that. As it's just one more great season amongst many great seasons in a first ballot Hall of Fame career, going for a fourth championship ring this year, and he's going to play a few more years, right? Uh, He's not slowing down. I mean, okay, maybe slightly in terms of management of his minutes, things like that. But uh, I'll tell you what, he wins a fourth ring. He's got the two MVPs. He's got the statistics. He's got the iconic value brought to the league as a guy that's more revolutionized three-point shooting right now than anybody else and has changed the way young people look to play the game. Does a fourth ring ensure he's a top 10 player or did he not need a fourth ring in your mind to put him in that rarefied air of great players. Let us know, 844-204-RICH. That's 844-204-7424. Hit us up on Twitter, at Rich Eisen Show. Uh, You know, look, I'll tell you what. The hardest thing to do is talk about the errors, right? And I say that because you have this little J.J. Redick versus Bob Cousy back and forth that we saw uh, this earlier this week, uh, end of last week, where... 
Reddit kind of talked about how players from back in the day, the competition levels they faced were like, what were they called? Like plumbers or whatever it was. Like, not as good competition. Look, I, I, I don't like to get into those types of arguments because I didn't witness basketball by back then. I wasn't around. I'm not 100 years old. And I also um, understand how games change. And I don't think nutrition was a big part of sports back then compared to how it is now. You know, Babe Ruth wasn't exactly watching his diet. I don't think a lot of these guys are completely watching their diet the way they do today. I don't know if they worked out 365 days a year, may, you know, worked as hard in the offseason as they do now in the regular season. I think guys probably enjoyed their offseason a bit more last, uh, you know, back in the back in the day compared to these days. Cuz now you're talking just filthy money and back then it wasn't filthy money. Guys got paid and they did well, but now it's not doing well. Now you're just raking in ridiculous sums of money. I mean, James Harden's in line to make like $54 million a year playing basketball for get endorsement deals, right? Think about that. Like, you're making a million dollars a week. Hey, honey, should we buy the Bentley? No, let's get the paycheck next week. Then we'll buy the Bentley. So, guys, I think, um, feel the obligation to work harder in the offseason to justify it. Kind of like NFL coaches, right? Why does an NFL coach have to sleep in his office at night? Why? Why is there a cot in the office that they use? Why can't being a football coach be a 9-to-5 job or a 9-to-6 job or an 8-to-6 job? Tom Landry treated it that way. He did pretty well. But maybe it's because coaches are getting paid $9, $10 million a year. Now they feel they have to work even harder to justify that type of money. And working harder means sleeping in your office because you're watching the same game film for uh, the 80th time that week. Trying to decipher something that your opponent may do, you know, the same opponent that you faced, you know, twice a year, the same coach you faced before. I don't understand it. I'm just saying. So I think it's different these days than back in the day how guys take the offseason seriously. Workout programs today are a hell of a lot better than you know back in the Bob Cousy era, no question about it. Personal trainers today, you know, exercise this, exercise that. More of a scientific method now. So look, are they better athletes today? Yeah, I would hope. I'd hope guys are better athletes today than they were back then. With the enhancements of, you know, the body and also how we treat it, food-wise, nutrition-wise, workout-wise, I would damn well hope, sure, you know, that it's a better situation now than it was back then. So that's why I don't do the whole era thing. Well, how good would this guy have been in this era? How bad would this guy have been? I don't know. You can't just take a guy out of the 1950s, plop him down in 2022 and say, I think he could do this or that. We have no idea. And people are like, well, imagine if Steph Curry played back then or Michael Jordan played back then. But they wouldn't have played the way they play in their actual career if they played back then because they wouldn't have trained to play that way, if you know what I mean. They would have been practicing and learning how to play the way the old guys learned how to practice and play. So they would have been pretty much exactly the same way, maybe just better athletes. Who knows? So that's why it's always dumb to think like that. Oh, it's fun to listen to J.J. Reddick and uh, Bob Cousy go at it. I, okay. I, actually, I like Reddick. I'll tell you what. I, I really like Reddick. All right, I'm telling you. I, I watch Reddick, uh, you know, on ESPN. I'll watch him. And I like him. I, I think he does his homework. He's not afraid to say what comes to mind. I think 99% of the time he has a really good thought. I think he backs it up. He's a really good analyst. He is. Have you watched him at all, Art? Uh, no, I can't comment. 
Now I see you're not watching it, or you just don't like the guy. <laughs> Whichever one it is. Well, I like the guy. I just haven't watched him. You know, I'll tell you, like I, you know, I'm, I'm good friends. And I'll name drop with a good friend of ours, Rodney Harrison, and I actually text. You know, I was watching Reddick. I text him like, you know, Rodney, because Rodney's a great commentator, of course, on uh, Sunday Night Football. Good, you know, uh, Football Night in America on NBC Sports. I mean, I said, listen, Rodney, I gotta tell you, it's JJ Reddick's really good, and he writes me, he's like, yeah, really good. I gave the guy a chance, and I like him. So this whole Bob Cousy, J.J. Reddick thing is kind of fun to me. It's more fun than Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and that nonsense we're watching. You know, that train wreck. But I'll tell you. So Steph Curry today wins a fourth championship in a couple of weeks. He's top 10. He is. In our era of basketball, okay? In this era right now, and start the Michael Jordan. It's I know this is hard to do, right? Are you taking Magic John? Are you taking Michael Jordan over Steph Curry? Yes. Are you taking LeBron James? Yes. Are you taking Kevin Durant? Yes. Are you taking Magic? Yeah. Kobe? Yeah. That's five. I always think that Isaiah Thomas doesn't get the respect, right? I'll take Larry Bird. I mean, it's hard to do. Maybe he's maybe he's top fifteen. But he's clearly in that argument. That fourth ring really puts him in there. He's won scoring titles. He's won MVPs. The guy is the deadliest shooter. I mean, for his career, Steph Curry shoots 90, almost 91% from the free throw line. Think about it, 91%. I love that. I love a guy that actually worked on free throw shooting. Unlike these other guys out there who can't hit 50% of their free throws. Next to a slam dunk, the easiest shot to make. It's not contested, right? You'd expect the guy to be able to hit that. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. You talk about greatest three-point shooters in history? It's Steph Curry, right? 43% for his career. Got to give it to him. I I have to tell you, he's, he's up there. And I like Steph. I do. I like Steph Curry. Not crazy about his brand of basketball, but I do think he's a tremendous player. And being a New York Knicks fan, I don't think I'll ever live down the fact that the Knicks wanted to take him and he was taken one slot ahead of them by the Warriors. The Knicks got, I think it was Jordan Hill from Arizona who went on to be not Steph Curry. Let's put it that way. I feel nice on this Tuesday. He was not Steph Curry. Jordan Hill did not turn out to be that player. And it's always good to see that mid-major guy like a Steph Curry who didn't get the big offers coming out of high school show the rest of the world you don't have to be from a power conference to be an all-time great. Now, you're not to come from North Carolina or be a high school stud or Duke or anywhere like that. I mean, Steph Curry was able to just come from Davidson, learn the first couple years of the NBA, and became an absolute star. All right, the NFL OTAs. No Kyler Murray in Arizona. Should we read into that? Shouldn't quarterbacks be at voluntary camps to kind of set that example for guys? We're going to find out. Howard Balzer is going to join us next. Give us his thoughts. I am Dan Schwartzman on this Tuesday, filling in for Rich Eisen. They're going to hopefully win a sports Emmy tonight in New York. You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show.